Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Wow, does this affirm the wisdom of the church in deciding uh, that these two should represent us as deacons in the coming years. Uh, What a great time of worship already. I am offering an abbreviated uh, sermon today, uh, a homily of sorts, based on the reading from Mark chapter 9. Let's hear together uh, this story about servanthood. From the ninth chapter of Mark, beginning in verse 30. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What what were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent. For on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. Wouldn't you love to know the backstory and how this argument got started? Jesus and his disciples passing through Galilee, Jesus teaching lessons about what he's soon to endure and lessons about what ultimately endures. You and I would have paid a high ticket price for this uh, up-close one-on-one teaching event. But instead of hanging on every word, the disciples are involved in bickering, arguing back and forth of all things about which one of them was the greatest. And I imagine most of them had some case to make. I imagine Peter saying, I'm the one who identified Jesus as the Messiah. Remember back there in chapter 8. You guys didn't figure it out before I did. And then John coming back at him saying, well, I'm the one who Jesus loves, right? All throughout the Gospel of John, referred to as the beloved disciple, I'm the beloved one, so huh. Back and forth, back and forth. James piping in. You weren't the only two who went with Jesus up the mountain when he met 
Moses and Elijah, I have a case to make here too. Well, when they settled at their destination, got into the house in this little fishing village in Capernaum, Jesus turns to them and asks, what were you arguing about on the way here? They fell mute. You tell him. No, you tell him. You're the great one, remember? They didn't say a word. Well, they're inside the house. Jesus knew enough. He'd overheard enough and knew this was an opportunity for teaching something else about the kingdom way. So he grabs a seat. He calls the 12 disciples together and says, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and diakonos of all. To to be great is to be a diakonos in the Greek, a servant of all. That's what gathers us here today, the affirmation of a group we have already set apart and the ordination of two of our members who have been diakonos already. We're holding up and celebrating the Jesus way, which is so counter, so upside down from every cultural message about greatness. It was true in the day of Jesus. It is true now that those in power have servants. To be great is to have people around who care for your needs. The great ones sit high and others serve their greatness. And this past week has shown us in tragic ways that the prevailing images of greatness can lead to depravity. Christian power is given to service. Fraudulent power insists on being served. Perverted images of power include crashing gates and demanding bootlickers and protecting self. We watched in horror as the worst expressions of selfishness played out on our TV screens. And now more than ever, the Christian church must call out and celebrate leaders who are committed to serve. As usual, Jesus has flipped our values. So after the disciples have been going on and on, arguing about who's the greatest, Jesus says the great ones in the kingdom arena are those who roll their sleeves up, those who aspire to be last, those who eat at the end of the line, those who put others in front of themselves. To be great in, deacon ter- in kingdom terms is to be a diakonos, a servant of others. And then, then there in the house, while Jesus is talking about servanthood, a playful child wanders in where the adults are meeting, and Jesus sweeps her up in his arms and says, whoever welcomes a child such as this welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. Because you see, servants also care about those who have no power, no voice. 
Servants, notice who's sitting alone, who's missing, who's broken. A diakonos, a servant, welcomes the defenseless, cares for those who get no care from the powerful people. And so in my mind, I I imagine the the disciples ready to shoo this child away from the room. This is important adult stuff going on in here. We're in class, no interruptions. And Jesus hugs the weak one and says, this is at the center of it all. You see, in other settings, in corporate settings and political settings and social settings, personal growth will help you climb the ladder. And when you climb the ladder, you'll be served by people who are beneath you. But in the kingdom of God, personal growth will send you down the ladder where you take towel and basin And you take up the humility of knowing that no one is beneath you. Service is among the highest of the kingdom values. So when a church sets aside diakonos, deacons, they're setting aside servants. And what the church recognizes in the two of you, lawyer and CDC doctor, is not how high you have climbed the ladder, but how low you have chosen to climb down it. You have modeled for us what it means to be a servant, to ask what needs to be done, who needs to be served, raising your hand when it looks like the voiceless might not be represented. And we've set you aside as deacon as a way of honoring how nobly you have moved down the ladder in the, to serve in the model and the name of Jesus our Lord. But the honor also comes with a charge. We're asking you to keep modeling this servant way for us. Because it is so unusual, it is so difficult that we need ongoing, persistent example of what this looks like. Not in first century Palestine, but in carpools and committees and boardrooms and ball games. Our world is so desperate for models of leadership that puts others first. And leaders in the Christian church take on the responsibility of showing others what the upside-down way of living the Jesus way looks like today. And people are watching and noting and pointing to what this church affirms and celebrates. And if we're doing it right, then we are celebrating those of you who look high and low for ways to serve in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And these two have done that already for us, which is why we invite them now to come forward for the laying on of hands portion of deacon ordination. And let me say a word about that. Because usually it's our tradition, as you know, to have many come forward put hands of blessing on candidates who are being ordained. 
The virus, of course, has limited that for us. So we have invited just their families to stay distant from one another, but in proximity to them, to be a part of this special day in their life. And I hope you will let me represent all of us as I lay hands on these two and offer prayer for their service to our church and our Lord. The tradition of laying on of hands goes back a long, long way. It's a symbol of invoking the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus laid hands on people when he healed them. The first century apostles laid hands on new converts as a way of symbolizing the presence of the Holy Spirit with them. And in different forms throughout Christian history, we have continued this tradition of laying on of hands as a way to invoke God's Holy Spirit not only in this service but as a part of their service to Christ and His church. And so you may want to extend your hand at home as a part of participating in this, but let's go now to the Lord in prayer invoking that blessing as I represent all of us in this holy rite. Let's pray together. O God, in your love and providence, you have throughout history called out men and women to serve, to model for us the upside-down way of putting others first. And we give thanks today for Peyton and Amanda, their willingness to be representatives of that kind of servant love among us. We give thanks for the wisdom of this church, recognizing in them the kind of leadership and humble spirit that we want in our servant leaders. And we pray your blessing. We pray your blessing on their lives and their families. We pray your blessing on the discernment that is needed for them to serve well as leaders of this church. And we pray that you will guide all of the future directions of this church by your spirit, even as these two come to be a part of that enterprise with us. May they know of your spirit resting within them and around them. May they feel the blessing of being called out to serve. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.